0: Welcome back to another episode of the Accord Research Alliance podcast, where we talk with innovators who are committed to measuring what matters in Christ-centered relief and development. I'm Nathan Maloney, Director of Monitoring, Evaluation, and Learning at Living Water International, I'm based here in Houston, Texas. And today I'm talking with Luis Noda, who is Vice President for Transformational Engagement at Food for the Hungry, and uh, he's based in Washington. D.C., and Luis has many years of experience at FH, including about eight years of overseeing the international operations. Prior to that, he also served as country director for Bolivia. Today's conversation centers around what Luis has been working on in his new role, which is to better define and build out what Food for the Hungry's philosophy of transformational development is. And so we dive into that, talk about FH's theology of relief and development, the history of it, uh, how it's developed over time, and where it stands today. And I like this conversation because I think it's important for us as a research alliance to not just be discussing research methods and study findings, but also the philosophy that is the foundation of our work. And so, as an alliance, we talk about measuring what matters, and I think conversations like this help us better understand and define, and and just to think more about the what matters part of that. Because we have to be clear, as Christian organizations, what our theological foundation is. And if we don't, I think it might be easy just to apply perhaps some simplistic thinking as we think about spiritual change, or... On the other end of the spectrum, we might just adopt frameworks or theories of change from others in the sector that perhaps aren't thinking about the entire human experience in the way that we can be. So with that, let's go ahead and jump in. As always, uh, send us your feedback and ideas to ara at accordnetwork.org.
1: Shalom is a very lofty concept and, and beautiful, but how do you measure that? How do you accomplish that?
0: Well, thank you, Luis, for taking some time today to chat with me. Can you tell me a little bit more about your role and, and how you came to have that role and what that role means?
1: Yes, absolutely. Nice to be here as well, Nathan, and thanks for the invitation. Yeah, uh, my role, as you have uh, said, uh, basically can be summarized in vision casting the transcendent uh, message uh, based on our Christian ethos and identity as an organization, internally to FHS staff and people that work with us, uh, partnering with us, and so on, and externally as well. This is based on our Christian identity as an organization. Our ethos. Uh, It can be summarised as such. In practical terms, means it means uh, reflecting about transformational development and conveying that message, and as well as those thoughts expressed on practical things such as staff orientation and materials and things like that, so that they they can be utilised within the organisation. And externally, it means, uh, you know, looking and um, partnering with uh, like-minded organizations. And I am personally stewarding some relationships that we have externally with uh, global partners that we have as an organization. So that's a summary of my role. I have been in this new role in the last, uh, since uh, May 2017, in fact. So I'm kind of new in it as a role per se.
0: Great. So can you tell me a little bit more about, I guess, why is it important for Christian relief and development organizations to think deeply about our Christian identity, or even to say it another way, for us to have a theology of relief and development? Why is that important for a Christian organization, and, and maybe more specifically for FH?
1: I think it's very important for Christian organizations to deeply think about theology um, and how that informs our actions, because that clarifies our role uh, in relief and development from a Christian perspective. Without that type of reflection, there might be some confusion in terms of, you know, how do we articulate our faith into this discipline of international relief and development. By thinking on it, I mean for many years, decades in fact, I came to the realization that um, the Bible, our faith, our Christian ethos has so much to say about relief and development and how it should be done. It informs uh, the ethics, the approach, the perspective, the necessary emphasis that we need to put into relief and development. And, uh, you know, by by analyzing that theology, you understand that it has a central element into God's plan with, with this world, not only with, among humans, but with creation as well. And uh, provides a very good, um, you know, background as well as a space for you to be part of it within the gospel. So in my in my case, in the case of FH, something that we have been doing recently, uh, and I have been requested to do this, is to think about that theology again. Football Hungary has been in existence for the last 46 years. And uh, I can tell you that it has been a very fulfilling experience going back to the historical documents that FH has produced and the different uh, schools of thought that we have embraced through time. And then trying to document and synthesize, uh, a, a document, a written document that, you know, contains that, uh, theology in the simplest possible way. So I would like to, to stop there. Uh, because I know that you have other questions, but I think uh, thinking about theology makes us relevant. Uh, It emphasizes the transcendent uh, perspective that we have to have uh, as we do relief and development in the world so that we can convey that kingdom message uh, of proclamation and social action or social uh, participation in solving the problems of this world. Mm -hmm.
0: So you mentioned a little bit how FH has been on a journey and the theology has kind of evolved over the years, but could you succinctly summarize, I guess, what you would say the theology around transformational development is today for the organization?
1: Uh, In a summary, I can tell you that that theology is basically, um, can be described by, by two axes or by two components. One is what is called the cosmology of God or God's story. Um, God has a story to tell through the Bible and through his revelation in, through human life. Um, you know, it can be summarized by the four phases or steps of that story, uh, the creation, the fall, the redemption and the restoration or consummation of the kingdom. I think it's, uh, it's a very comprehensive uh, perspective to understand where do we fit within that story and where our current days fit into it and also the actions that we do and uh, are working in relief and development. The other thing is what Brian Marr says that Poverty is not only the, it's not only an issue of lacking physical things, but it's a consequence of broken relationships. At the fall, uh, when sin came in, into our existence as, as humans, uh, we experienced the breaking of key relationships that characterize our human life, uh, the relationship with God, the relationship with uh, with ourselves, our own identity, the relationship with others, and the relationship with the rest of creation. So I think that a good theology of working in relief and development can be summarized by these two perspectives of what God is doing nowadays. Um, Colossians chapter 1 mentions that, you know, God is reconciling everything to himself through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice at the cross. And um, we we can, you know, understand that and have a better perspective of what our mandate is as reconciliation agents, you know, slash transformational agents in this kingdom working in relief and development. So, um, that's kind of a summary of uh, what we have embraced as our theology for relief and development. And it's quite cool to think about that, you know, God created a world that was very good. uh, And then it was ruined by, by the entering of sin and disobedience in our human life. And that impacted it had. A cosmological effect Um, not only our human lives have been impacted by the rest of creation and then God put in place a plan to rescue that world so that we can go back to to full communion with him and the restoration of all relationships so basically we can say that God is the first and foremost important relief and development worker in the universe. So as we work in relief and development in this world, we're basically, you know, following our Father, uh, following God himself. Um, And the main transformational agent in this creation uh, is Jesus Christ, um, the same person that called us to follow him. So... Our work in relief and development is not very much separated um, from that redemptive story um, that gives meaning to our own lives.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that perspective there. And obviously, this is something that you and others at FH have thought deeply about. And really, you know, it seems like rich uh, theology there. Uh, One thing I'm curious about is, as you're working on, uh, as you mentioned earlier, kind of summarizing some of this and and trying to to present information on where FH is today on this, I guess I'm curious, um, how have you seen this theology impact the work that FH does around the world? Or maybe how would you like to see it impacting the work that
1: you do? You know, the way that I see this impacting our work, Um, is on conveying out of our actions in relief and development a transcendent message. Uh, Let me qualify that or explain a little bit more because it's a very abstract term. Uh, I remember one time we were meeting with a donor, uh, and I won't say uh, the name of that donor, (laughs) but it was a non-Christian donor in one of our projects. Um, And after visiting the project and doing a, you know, brief evaluation of the things that we were doing, uh, this person who was non-Christian, he said to me and my colleagues that we were having dinner after the evaluation, he said, you know, something that I like from you guys is not only that you do a good job and meet indicators and things like that, you know, going through the logical framework and meeting the objectives over there. But he said, you know what? Something that I value is that you have a broader perspective of what a human being should be, and this is informed by your faith. And in that moment, when that person said that, I was, I was almost about to stand up and say, you know, blessed are you, and say his name because it was revealed to you by the Holy Spirit and not by flesh and bone or um, blood. But I think that that's the impact. Um, the impact is, is looking for shalom and not only meeting project objectives. And that's what makes us different, I think, as Christian organizations. That's what makes us different, is that we are pursuing that, that idea of shalom, that idea of reconciliation, that idea of flourishing. So it doesn't end up only on meeting certain uh, development objectives, the Millennium Development Goals, the Sustainable Development Goals, and so on. Those are lofty goals, and we would like to see them accomplished. But that perspective goes beyond; uh, and it goes to the reconciliation of everything. And uh, I have seen, uh, you know, the impact of those ideas. Uh, You know, through the projects that the projects that we implement, the programs that we implement, it becomes they become tools through which um, the Lord can can really speak into people's lives in a very deep way so that um, many of these distortions of relationships can be, you know, healed. And it produces episodes of Shalom that go beyond our expectations. And um, I think that uh, I've seen in my experience many cases of, of this happening at an individual level and as well as uh, the community level. And Those moments are precious because um, you can see the fruits of, 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 of work. Um, and um, that inspires you to continue moving forward in this, in this journey.
0: Yeah, I love uh, that story of meeting with the donor uh, who doesn't share the Christian perspective as an agency, but can see the value that FH brings because of its faith. And uh, I think that's something, I know it's something that Living Water is, is thinking deeply about right now, is how do we uh, stay true to our integral mission and, and use that as a, a benefit as we hold conversations with non-Christian donors. Um From the sense of we can have a perspective of holistic development and what a human human being should be, uh, as you said, and so um, so I love that story and seeing how um, it's impacting at a donor level, but also uh, you made a statement that impact is looking for shalom, and so I think that is something um, obviously that we should be aspiring to as a Christian organization, but for those of us listening who are a little bit more ME minded or research focused. Um, I think obviously a statement like that puts a lot of questions in our minds of okay, then how do you how do you go about measuring shalom and and thinking about that. So I think it'd be really interesting perhaps maybe even to follow up. I think you've mentioned uh, before how um, as an organization you're looking at, you know, how do you flesh this out, this idea of transformational development into your ME systems overall. So I'd be really curious to have that conversation, as I'm sure others uh, would be kind of having this, you know, this theology as a backdrop uh, to that, I think is really helpful. So I appreciate you unpacking that uh, some more, I guess. I would just be curious, what's, what's next for you um, as you are continuing to develop this theology? And, and as you mentioned with your role, you know, working with staff and partners, um, is there anything kind of next on the horizon for you as you develop this?
1: Yeah. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, something that I would like to do is before answering your question, uh, mentioned that this reflection about transformational development, uh, in the last seven years, uh, we've been thinking about this. And then, you know, that led us to review our programmatic model, uh, that we have uh, been implementing worldwide. And, and now we are in the fifth year. Doing that you know um adaptation to a programmatic model and so on, and it's heavily accompanied by an m and e component um and it was quite interesting because it has been an evolution of our thinking uh, as we took more steps into this theological practical reflection uh, we ended up you know finding the next steps that we needed to take and I know Shalom is a very lofty concept and and beautiful, but how do you measure that? How do you accomplish that? Uh, Something that helped us tremendously is to understand our role. Uh, First of all, as a Christian organization, we don't pretend to be bringing Jesus Christ with us to the communities where we are going. Jesus is already there. So we are joining his work over there. That means that he will remain there after we leave. Therefore, our role is to play the role that we have been appointed to do in the most full way. We came up to the point that we will not be able to see a complete reconciliation of everything. Because we know theologically and cosmologically that that will take place when Jesus comes back. Um, That's the perfection of shalom. We will see areas of transformation in the communities, but of, of course, the perfection of that will take place later on. Therefore, our role is to be a catalyst to provoke a chain reaction in that community of reconciliation and healing that can continue by itself without our intervention. And, you know, going back to your question, Nathan, about what's next, uh, the thing that it's next is continue deepening uh, our understanding on how we apply that theology into our programming even more so that instead of just um, sparkling biblical verses into our training materials, we should be conveying God's story through our actions, um, training, facilitation, accompanying communities and so on. The other thing is the application of that and using that for staff development within the organization. The target audience from from my perspective and from the leadership perspective is not so much the leadership level, but it's the facilitator that works at the community level. If we succeed, uh, uh, you know, helping that person understand the role that that person has, the importance that a person has, and the magnitude of the responsibility that comes we know we, you know with this reconciliation manda- mandate, and then we can succeed in the mission that we have as an organization. So those are the next steps, practically oriented, applying this as much as possible and across the organization so that um, we can become more and more tuned to, to, to the kingdom's perspective. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that perspective there uh, is critical and really helpful in thinking about what is the impact you as an organization can be achieving or should even be aiming to achieve within the larger story uh, for that community. And I know we only had time today for you to briefly get into some of these theological concepts, um, and we could spend hours on that, unpacking that more. But for someone who's maybe newer to these ideas and these concepts, uh, would there be uh, maybe one book or, or two books that you would recommend someone picking up and diving into more?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I uh, will be glad to mention uh, a couple of books. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned before, Walking with the Poor – from Brian Myers, uh, 2011 is the version, the latest one, as far as I know. Um, that's a good uh, reference. I would even, you know, mention the Lusanne Covenant from 1974. Uh, there's a study book, and it's a booklet that it's a small from that was produced in 2009. And yeah, I like to to stop with this to reference, not to overload. And later on, you can put a list of the books that I recommend on this uh, particular topic.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, so those two, and then um, I'll make sure and put in the show notes uh, maybe a full list from Luis on more books and resources as well. So, well, I've really enjoyed our conversation. It's exciting to see what Food for the Hungry is working on and what your role there is. And I uh, really wish you all the best. You have A lot of important work ahead of you so uh thanks again for coming on and i hope you have a great day
1: thank you very much nathan i really appreciate the interview and the possibility of talking to you and having this conversation so thanks again and god bless
0: yeah god bless bye
1: okay bye-bye